Now's the time for the leader to qualify. Uh, please stand when sharing so all may hear and see. We ask that you keep the focus on your recovery and this 12-step program, Overeaters Anonymous. Qualify until 9.15. Okay, so um, I'm Lydian, compulsive overeater. Hi. And I want to thank, uh, boy, I feel a little weird with this wire thing, but um, anyway. Um, I want to thank Michael for asking me to come and share. Um, I came to, let's see, I've been uh, abstinence for about a, a little over 11 years. And um, I, uh, I came to Overeaters Anonymous through Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, I, uh, I didn't know I had a problem with food until I got sober. So um, basically what happened was... Uh, uh, I my bottom in AA was uh, I was hanging out in Laurel Canyon uh, with a Peruvian coke dealer. My wife was three months pregnant. Uh, the baby died inside of her. She wanted me to come to the hospital and, and hold her hand while they took the baby out, and I couldn't do it. And the reason why is because I'm selfish and self-centered. I don't think about anybody but me. Um, so uh, I got sober. Uh, and during that time, uh, you know, I started encountering uh, some problems with uh, different things like money. Uh, I had a real problem with uh, money and uh, being obsessed with things like that. And then food kind of cropped its uh, head up uh, while I was sober. Uh, and I, uh, what happened for me was I, um, I just started... Uh, you know, like like an AA, they they would tell us like you know to stay sober. You know, if you get a craving for alcohol, eat sugar. You know, so <laughs> I would do that a lot. <laughs> so uh, I, I started doing that, and uh, you know, I ended up getting up to about 210 pounds, and uh, and I knew I had a problem with food, so I started trying different things. I uh, I've tried the cabbage soup diet. I've tried the Juice fast. Uh, I went to Lindora and I got these vitamin B shots. And I hate needles. I don't know why in the hell I did that, but but I did that. And then I, I went to Howe for a little while, and uh, I went from 210 to 145. And uh, and the thing is, is that I had really low blood sugar. I was walking around really gaunt and um, and just kind of miserable and. I had an old timer in AA look at me and he goes, I know what your problem is. He goes, what you need to do is eat a cheeseburger and a chocolate shake and you give me a call and you'll feel a lot better. And that's what I did. And I felt a lot better. And uh, so, uh, but, uh, you know, it kind of started that whole process again for me. You know, I uh, and and. You know, I know like the, in the book, it talks about this peculiar mental twist that we have. And uh, basically what it is for me is that I'll get a little time of eating clean and uh, all of a sudden I'll get an idea of, you know, hey, you know, why don't you eat a chocolate, eat, uh, drink a chocolate shake or eat a cheeseburger and you'll feel a lot better. And then just like that, I go, maybe that's a good idea. And then I'm often eating badly again. And then I'll feel bad about that. And then I'll start 
putting together a few more weeks or maybe a month on another diet and then I'll get another peculiar mental twist, you know, like maybe uh, fill in the blank wasn't so bad, you know. So, uh, but, you know, I have, thanks, thanks to Overeaters Anonymous, I've been able to maintain uh, pretty much the same food plan for over 11 years. And I've never been able to do that. Never been able to do that. So basically what happened, how I got into OA was... Um, I was like on another cycle where uh, I just came off another diet and uh, I was eating badly again and uh, I called. What what happened was I started praying about it because I knew that that was a solution in AA was to pray about it. So I started praying about it and, and nothing was happening. And um, the reason why nothing was happening is because I really feel that um, God works through people. And I know that when I go to meetings, there's people in here that are actually trying to channel God. And the thing is, is that unless I show up to meetings and be around you, I'm not going to be able to experience that. So uh, I, I knew that. And so what I did was I called somebody that I knew that was an OA, and that was Michael. And I asked Michael for help. And uh, so and he said that he would. He would help me. So uh, his, his directions were pretty simple. Uh, he told me to go to one meeting a week because I, had already, I was already going to uh, uh, AA meetings. And uh, he told me to call him and let, let him know exactly what I was eating. And uh, at the time, it was horrendous. It was like, uh, okay, I had a bag of Doritos. I had uh, five cookies. Uh, yeah, I mean, just, you know, and that's the way I was eating at the time. And eventually, over time, I was able to get on a food plan. And, uh, and my food plan has changed over time. Uh, I used to uh, have Diet Cokes on my uh, food plan, and I was slamming down 10 of those a day. So I, I knew that they were kind of a problem, so I switched to Diet Cherry Pepsi. <laughs> Because there was only one place in Burbank that sold those, you know, so I figured that if I did that, you know, maybe I wouldn't drink as many. So I started casing that place out like a liquor store, you know. <laughs> I mean, the guy knew exactly what I was going to get every time. I mean, it was crazy. So I had to give that up. And then uh, I had protein bars on my food plan. And then I, I looked at the uh, calorie count on those suckers. And uh, it was like having a meal, you know. I mean... So I had to give those up. And um, uh, another thing I had a problem with uh, just lately was almonds. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what it is, but there's certain foods that I gravitate towards that I have a problem with. So, um, but, I, but, but as a result of having a conscious contact with God, I've been able to uh, discard those things pretty easily, you know. Um, and, you know, like I was told about this uh, peculiar mental twist that the only thing that could save me from that is a conscious contact with God. And um, that was a problem when I came. I have to talk about AA because, you know, I've, I've had some experience with uh, going through the steps before I got to Overeaters Anonymous. And uh, I had a spiritual awakening in AA. And I knew that, uh, but when I got to the program, I, I didn't believe in God. And when I heard about the, the peculiar mental twist and the solution, I go, I don't know how this is going to work for me because I don't believe in God. You know, um, 
But the saving grace about this program is that I was told that it could, uh, it could be a God of my own understanding. It didn't have to be Jesus. It didn't have to be Buddha. It didn't have to be Muhammad. It didn't have to be any of those things. It could be my own conception of God. And so that's what I did was I made up my own conception. And uh, that really, really saved me. It really did. Um, I've had some medical problems, too, in Overeaters Anonymous. And... Uh, one thing that I had was, um, well, I have GERD disease and I have uh, uh, a hiatal, hiatal hernia. And so, um, but I haven't been able, I haven't been taking any uh, medication for that. Uh, uh, and that's because of the program, I really believe. I modified my food program and um, I don't have that acid reflux thing coming up on, on me. Um, and uh, another problem that I had was I had this heart problem. And what, it would, what would happen is my heart would stop beating and then it would go like that and catch up. And it was happening all the time. And so I went to a cardiologist. He put me on a machine. Uh, and then he gave me these, uh, this thing to wear when I got home and monitored me for 24 hours. And he said, uh, you have a lo- an electrical problem with your heart. And I think I can fix that. And I go, great, what do I need to do? And he goes, here, take these pills. And I go, great, how long do I take them before I get off of them? He goes, oh, no, once you're on them, you're on them for the rest of your life. And I don't take any medication. And so I didn't want to start going down that road where I'm taking a regimen of uh, medication. So what I did was uh, I started weighing and measuring my food and I started exercising. And today I don't have that problem. And, and I'm, not say, I'm, I'm not making a knock on the medical profession because if I would have tried that and that didn't work, I would be taking pills, you know, without a doubt, you know. But I, I wanted to try something different, you know. And, and I, if, if it wasn't for OA, I really, really, you know, would be dead, I think, you know. Um, I, um, let's see, um, I, I, I work with people in the program. I sponsor uh, men and I take them through the steps. I think that that's probably the, the most, um, the, the, the greatest thing that I can ever do is to try to help somebody find their higher power. And um, my, uh, you know, um, I'm drawing a blank, Mike. Um, let's see, I... Um, What do I want to talk about? Um, my food plan today is uh, pretty simple. Um, I, I pretty much don't eat any processed food. Uh, I pretty much eat all uh, raw fruits and vegetables and uh, salmon, pretty much. So, um, But I, I'm not really hardcore about that. I'll, I'll have chicken and, and, and red meat but but my main source of meat is salmon and the reason why I started doing that was because uh, I heard uh, doctors starting to prescribe that kind of regimen for people that had cancer and uh, I have a history of cancer in my in my family Uh, my dad died at 42 of stomach cancer so uh, what I did was I, I started going well I'm going to pretend like I already have that and I'm going to go ahead and eat like that. So that's what I've been doing. And uh, I'm currently at 155 right now. Um, I, um, 
I pray and meditate. Uh, my, my meditation has been something that's changed over time. Uh, I started meditating when I was two years sober, and uh, it was pretty weird. Uh, I would sit on the edge of the bed with my wife uh, sleeping, and I would be thinking these most horrendous thoughts. I mean, I, and I'm thinking to myself, this can't be what meditation is like. You know, I mean, I mean, I was thinking all these crazy things. And so what has happened over time is I kept trying to do that. I kept I would just keep trying. And now I can get to the point where I'm not thinking about anything. And today when I meditate, uh, all I do is I focus on my breathing and uh, what will happen is I'll start getting crazy thoughts and then I'll start focusing on my breathing. And it's just kind of that pattern, you know, uh, I'll, I'll think about something weird. I'll start focusing on my breathing and then I'll be able to put together uh, a substantial amount of time just thinking about my breathing. And uh, I, uh, you know, like I said, I didn't believe in God when I got here. Um, through a series of circumstances, I started working the steps again and uh, had a spiritual awakening uh, as a result of going through the steps. And uh, as a result of doing that, you know, uh, we got my daughter into uh, a school that taught music because the public schools didn't teach music and music is a big deal for me. So anyway... Um, we brought her to this Catholic school and, uh, you know, I, I didn't really know anything about what they were teaching her or anything like that. And I started investigating and eventually I became a Catholic and started going to church. So and what I've done is I've uh, I've tried to do everything that I can to nour- nourish the spiritual awakening that I've had. Uh, uh, like I said, uh, and I, I've had to really, really work hard at it because it's, it hasn't been something that's come natural to me. You know, I have to really force myself to do these things. Like uh, what I do, uh, what I do for a living is I do uh, I do sound editing for uh, film and television. And um, my current job is I work at Universal Studios and I remove cuss words from feature films. <laughs> So, um, when I got the job, uh, um, my boss, who's Catholic too, he goes, you know, it may not be a bad idea if you start praying to St. Anthony about finding cuss words. Because when I watch movies, I kind of like zone out. You know, I mean, and then all of a sudden there's been like two shits and fucks that have gone by. (laughs) It's like, so... uh, so, um, so he told me that it might be a good idea for me to pray to St. Anthony to, to find customers. So, um, so I've been doing that, and uh, I do that every day before I go to work. And, uh, and what I try to do is, uh, you know, I, 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 like I told, uh, I have the one guy that I sponsor that he kind of zones out sometimes uh, with the God thing and uh, he, he eats badly. And, and, you know, I told him, well, why don't you try, you know, like getting, like I have little reminders, like I have a little statue of St. Anthony on my desk, you know, it's a constant reminder that I need to watch out for cuss words. And, uh, and, uh, and then I, you know, like I have a little bracelet with like little saints on it and, uh, 
you know, I just have all these little reminders for me, you know, of God in my life because I have to work at that because, like I said, it doesn't come natural for me. Um, uh, I have to force myself to pray in the morning, you know, uh, I, and I, I pray before I eat, you know, and sometimes it's a little weird in public, but, you know, I do it anyway. And uh, because I know that um, if it wasn't for a higher power in my life, I wouldn't have the food plan. I wouldn't be able to stick on, stay on my food plan. And uh, I certainly wouldn't be able to stay sober. You know, that's for sure. I, uh, uh, Overeaters Anonymous has been the best thing that's ever happened to me. I, you know, I didn't think that I could do something like this for an extended period of time. You know, I didn't think that I could stay on a food plan for as long as I have. And uh, it's certainly because of uh, sponsorship, you know, like um, with Mike, uh, you know, I've, I've had to surrender a couple things because I thought I knew a lot about the program coming from AA. And, uh, you know, like I started working with Mike and uh, he, he wanted me to do this A-E-I-O-U crap, you know, and... <laughs> And I go, you know, he would tell me to do it, and I'd go, Mike, you know what? I've read the big book. It's not in the book. Why in the hell are you having me do this crap, you know? And so, you know, I, I was kicking and moaning, but I started doing it, and actually I have the guys that I sponsor now do it. And it's really, really a good thing, you know? There, there's, you know, of course I'm a smart ass, so. Like it, sometimes I would call him in the morning and uh, I, I would say, well, I don't have any fears or resentments because I just woke up, you know. So, but, uh, you know, but I, but I do a 10 step at night, uh, you know, uh, and, uh, and I tell him exactly what's going on with me. And uh, it, it really helps me a lot throughout the day. It really helps me to recognize, you know, some of the things that I'm grateful for, because sometimes, sometimes I go through the, the day and I, I'm not grateful for things, you know. I, uh, I've been going through, uh, lately I've had like this resentment. Um, we, I had a, a friend of the family, um, uh, our, my, my mother-in-law lives in Santa Barbara. So we have this friend of the family who kind of really uh, gravitated towards us and uh, basically is staying in my mother-in-law's house in Santa Barbara. And I got a resentment about that because I want to stay up there, you know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And uh, you know what? My wife really didn't have a problem with it. Um, my mother-in-law didn't have a problem with it. It was me, you know. And, uh, you know, what it was was my pride. Uh, I'm envious. I had envy around it. I had um, uh, anger. And, uh, you know, and what I've done is I've, I did a four step on it. I read it to my sponsor. Uh, I recognized my character defects in it. And, uh, you know, the funny thing about character defects is that, you know, like Bill talks about character defects in the big book. Uh, and when, when I got to the program, I didn't know what, uh, I really didn't know what character was. I, ha- I really had no idea. And like they were talking about pride as a character defect. And, um, you know, I always thought pride was, okay, well, I did a good job, so I'm proud of that. So how is that a character defect, you know? And, and so I've had to learn things. Uh, uh, five minutes, thank you. So uh, I had to learn some things about, um, you know, 
what things mean, you know, by looking them up. And one thing that I, I go to a 12 and 12 study, and uh, one thing that Bill talks about in the 12 and 12 is he talks about character defects as uh, the seven, seven deadly sins. And I know what those are. So those really, uh, just that definition alone has helped me identify my character defects. So I identified my character defects with this uh, resentment that I have. And uh, it's slowly gotten better. There, there were times when I would just have these waves of resentment coming over me. And, you know, like, uh, like my job, I'm, I'm sitting in like a small edit room by myself all day long. So I have plenty of time to think about things, you know. And um, so what has happened is, I, I guess if you're new or if you're going through resentments, you know, for me, it, it didn't go away right away. And, and, and today I still think about it and it'll crop, it'll crop up, but it won't last as long, you know. And uh, but I know for a fact that if I didn't have this program, I, I would certainly gravitate towards the thing that would give me comfort with that, which is food, you know. And um, I'm so grateful that I don't have to reach for that for a solution today. And um, I want to thank you guys for listening. And uh, I really appreciate you being here. Thank you. This is the time for questions only. There's no sharing at this meeting. If you need to share, please do so with any one of us after the meeting. Also, please remember that the opinions of the leader are my own and not those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. When asking questions, you need not identify yourself. Um, please remember, if you ask a question, your voice may be audible on the OA podcast. Um, please stop at 9.35 and read. Okay. Uh, any questions? Hi, Eileen. Thank you so much for sharing. Oh, sure. My name is Michelle. Hey, Michelle. Um, I, I really appreciate how authentic you are and, and all that you shared. I really appreciate the meditation that you were kind of explaining it because that's something that I don't understand too clearly. I'm curious about your higher powers because I also feel like I can't get there, so I'm wondering what your higher powers have been through the process. Um, well, um, basically, I, you know, like I started out in the program just pretending like I believed in God because that's basically what people told me to do in AA, you know, um, and, uh, and it worked for a while. And then uh, I started realizing that I'd, I started becoming honest about that. And I started sharing in meetings that I didn't have, uh, that I was pretending like I believed in God and that... Um, and that um, I thought everybody else was getting that concept, but I, I wasn't getting it. So I went through the steps again and uh, and I had a spiritual awakening. And, and the, the spiritual awakening was kind of simple. Uh, basically, what happened was um, uh, I was I was explaining to a guy that uh, when I go to meetings, I feel this sense of peace and comfort and that everything's going to be okay. And uh, he, he, he explained that, um, that my um, meetings were kind of like Bill's experience with the cathedral. You know, he, he talks about in a story where uh, he was at Winchester Cathedral, he was much moved, and then he wandered outside and, and looked at this tombstone ins- inscription. 
And then it wasn't until later that he talked about uh, the, the effect of that spiritual, uh, that, that experience in the cathedral. And uh, I'll read you something that, that helped me with that. Um, let's see. Um, the real significance of the experience in the cathedral burst upon me. For a brief moment, I had needed and wanted God. There had been a humble willingness to have him with me, and he came. But soon the sense of his presence had been blotted out by worldly clamors, mostly those within myself. And so it had been ever since how blind I had been. So, I mean, that's kind of been my experience, is that I, I would get these moments of peace and everything would be okay, and then I'd get these obsessions to buy something or eat something or drink something, you know, and then that feeling would be gone. And so uh, when I left that guy's house on the way home in the car, I had that one of those moments again, a peaceful moment. And when I called, when I got home, I called him up and I said, I think something happened to me, you know, and uh, it was really that simple, you know. And so I've tried to nourish that whenever as much as I can. So basically, whenever I'm not at peace, I know that I don't have a conscious contact with God like this resentment. You know, uh, it would just drive me, you know, and I would have no peace at all. And so the the whole idea for me is just to get to that state of peacefulness, you know, and and that's what I call my higher power. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, is your wife has your is your wife a Catholic as well? And also, does she share your food plan? And if not, how is that for you? Okay. Yeah. You know, uh, she's. She, oh, uh, yeah. She she asked if my wife was Catholic, and uh, also uh, if she shares my food plan, right? Okay. And if not, what is what is it like for me? Uh, what. Um, when, like, we've been together since, my wife and I have been together since we were 18. And uh, we're both 56 now. So we've gone through a lot of changes. And, uh, uh, like I said, we didn't believe in God. In fact, we hated Christians with, with a passion. <laughs> and so uh, when I became Catholic, she goes, what in the hell are you doing? <laughs> you know? And uh, so that's kind of been uh, interesting. But, but she's also sober in AA, so, you know, she has a higher power and uh, uh, she's cool with it, you know. So I, I don't think if she, if she wasn't in the program, I, I think it would be different, you know. Um, we don't share the same food program. In fact, she loves sugar and uh, eats it all the time. And, uh, and you know, like... If she goes for ice cream and if I get like the non-sugar kind, she goes, oh, you're getting the non-fun kind, right? So <laughs> she's absolutely right, you know. But uh, what, what's happened for me is that, um, you know, my, my daughter has Crohn's disease. And uh, so I've been, I've been trying to, without uh, preaching to her, you know, being an example, you know, of my, to my daughter and to my wife, you know, uh, and as a result of that, um, I think that their food has changed, you know, it's like, uh, like I have these, this thing called a Nutribullet and I use that a lot and, uh, my wife is using that now, uh, 
uh, I don't even have to ask her to buy salmon. She'll just go and buy it and cook it, you know, and that's what we have for dinner, you know. And, um, yeah, so I think that the program definitely has had an effect on, on my family. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, thank you. How do you define your abstinence? How do I define my abstinence? <clears throat> Uh, let's see. Uh, an Overeaters Anonymous, a statement on abstinence and recovery is abstinence is the action of refraining and compulsive, uh, from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors while working towards or maintaining a healthy body weight. Spiritual, emotional, and physical recovery is a result of living the Overeaters Anonymous 12-step program. You know what? I, to be honest with you, no. Uh, the only thing that I've done is, uh, like when I take the guys through the steps, I, I use the big book. But, you know, um, I did, I, I have read one pamphlet, this sounds so bad, one pamphlet on, uh, uh, I think it was a, a food plan, you know, that I was helping a guy with. So, but it, it's something that I really, really want to get more involved in. But thanks. Yeah. What is the AEIOU? What is the AEIOU? Uh, uh, it's Mike. You're going to have to help me with this. I think. <laughs> you're on your own. <laughs> uh, I don't know what the letters really stand for, but I'll tell you what I do. I give him uh, my food plan or what I've eaten, which I guess is abstinence. Uh, I give him uh, three things that I'm grateful for. Um, I tell him if I uh, have any fears or resentments. Um, I also tell him what I'm going to do for myself. I tell him what I'm going to do for others. And, uh, and then um, I also, he has this thing called a Yahoo. And I still don't know what the heck that is. <laughs> but, uh, and then, um, yeah, I think that's it pretty much, yeah. You'll have to ask Mike what it really means. <laughs> um, well, what a joy. Thank you for sharing. Uh, how do you maintain any kind of a level of program serenity with all the, I guess, let's say, a political background crazy stuff? Okay, uh, he, was, he asked, how do I maintain any kind of uh, uh, serenity, serenity uh, with all the political stuff going on? Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I, you know... I, God, I, I'm on Facebook and I, I've posted so many things that I haven't hit entered on that <laughs> it is just crazy. And um, I've had to unfollow some people, you know, um, and I, I don't know. Um, it, it certainly drives me crazy. And uh, I, I don't have any peace when I'm around that. And uh, so basically what I've had to do is um, I've just had to not really participate in it, you know. And like, you know, like my wife is like involved in it and she likes to watch the news. And, 
hear the candidates and then make comments and stuff like that. And I just I can't I can't participate in that, you know. And um, so that's that's what I do is I don't participate in it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hi, Tammy. Thank you so much for your share. Sure. Um, can you please share one um, sample of how your food looks for a day? Okay. She asked how, how my food looks like for the day. Uh, okay. So, Mike, today I'm going to have a cup of oatmeal, a scoop of protein powder, and a cup of blueberries. For a snack, I'm going to have a carrot. And then for lunch, I'm going to have uh, six ounces of salmon. I'm going to have a Nutribullet without nuts. And I'm going to have a fruit smoothie. Uh, and the fruit smoothie is going to have a cup of uh, blueberries, a banana, uh, a scoop of protein powder, and a cup of almond milk. And then for uh, a snack, I'm going to have another carrot. And then for dinner tonight, I'm going to have, I, we may go to a restaurant. So I don't know what's going to be at the restaurant. So I'm going to commit to six ounces of protein and two cups of vegetables. Hmm? So I don't have to call you today, right? Um, how has OA changed my 12-step program? Um, well, one thing that, that I kind of butted heads with Mike about and, and, and with this program, which I really didn't understand, was uh, this thing called self-care. Like uh, being an AA, you know, I was taught the last thing I need to do is think about me and think about, uh, you know, caring about me because I've been doing that all my life thinking about me and, and worrying about how I'm treating me and what I need to do is treat other people differently but um, so I had a real problem with that you know it's like uh, I, I didn't know I, I didn't really know what that meant you know but what happened for me and, and this kind of uh, I, I guess explains it a little bit is that um, there was one point where I was maintaining a weight of about 180 pounds. And this is before I went to that cardiologist and started weighing and measuring my food. And when I started weighing and measuring my food, I went from 180 to uh, about 155. And, and I started working out. And uh, I, I distinctly remember one day waking up in the morning, looking at myself in the mirror without a shirt on. And the first thing that came to my head was, you're fat. You know, and and I and I've been thinking that all my life. You know, I've been th- I had that in my head my whole life, and and I wasn't. You know, but here I here I was looking at the mirror, thinking that same thing. You know, and so I guess you know, like the self care thing. You know, comes down to me beating up myself. You know, uh, more than anything, and and I've had to learn how to um, how to take it easy on myself sometimes. You know. And uh, so I think that those are some things that I've learned in, in OA that, that I didn't really know about, you know, being in, in another program, you know. Um, but, yeah. yeah. So how did you handle that resentment about? Well, yeah, it's... The process, uh, okay, well, the, 
the first thing was getting it. <laughs> you know? so, so I got the resentment. And then uh, as soon as I got it, and, and it, what happened was um, we, were, we were going up there for a three-day weekend, my wife and I. And so we went up there and he was there. And, and immediately I, I got this resentment. And as soon as I got it, I called Michael. And I told him that I had this resentment. And um, he basically talked me through that, you know, that whole weekend. And I was miserable the whole time. And um, then when I got back, uh, you know, I talked to Michael about it again. And I think, I think he recommended that I talk to Charlie, uh, my AA sponsor. So I talked to him about it. And uh, we, we were, were actually going through the process of going through the book at his house with his sponsees. So uh, I, I wrote a four-step about it, and um, I shared it with him and read it to him, and we identified my character defects. And his direction for me was to, um, to go home, you know, find a quiet place, ask God to remove these character defects, and say the seven-step prayer. And so I did that, and he also told me to forgive this guy. And I, when he told me to do that... I, you know, it's so funny when, when you when you're told to do these things. Sometimes I, I just drew a blank. I go, what does that mean? How how in the hell do you forgive somebody? What is, you know, and I had to look up what forgiveness was, you know, and then I had to. Um, uh, and, and, what, and, and the de- thank you. And then the definition that I found was uh, changing your feelings of anger towards somebody, you know. And then, um, and then I started looking online about people, how people forgave people, you know. And, and I found this one lady who was raped, and she was talking about having to forgive the person that raped her. And I, and, and my problem compared to hers is nothing, you know. And so um, I've, you know, and I still, you know, like I, I had a discussion with Mike about this, you know, like. Um, is forgiveness a mental thing? Do I do something mentally or is it a physical action that I do, you know? And I really still not really clear about that. You know, I know that um, I know that I wish him the best, you know, um, but, you know, then again, you know, I think about that and then it gets me resentful again because I know that if. I wish him the best and he gets that house and I don't get it. I'll be pissed again, right? So I don't know if that's going to work for me. Um, but, but I guess what has happened by doing the sixth and seventh step, like, you know, like I've been told, and trying to forgive this guy, uh, what's, what's happened is a little bit over time, I don't get those waves of resentment and anger that I that I had when I first got it, you know. Now it's like really spaced out. I'll go like two weeks and nothing. And then I'll think about it and I'll ah, and then it'll go away and then another two weeks, you know. So it, it, the period the time periods are longer. And I'm hoping one day I'll wake up and it just won't be an issue. And and I really want to get rid of it because I don't want to I don't want to have that anger around that, you know. Thanks. One more. Nick? Hey. So why did you feel so compelled to stop breaking diet and what did you eventually move to? Okay. Well, what, what compelled me to, to stop drinking Diet Cokes was because I was drinking 10 of them. And I, I figured that that was 
kind of a problem, you know. And then uh, what I switched to was I switched to the Diet Cherry Pepsis. I, you know, I've, I've done... Uh, and then I gave those up. Uh, there was a time when I got laid off from my job and um, I started. I got a night shift job from 4 to 3 in the morning. And so uh, I'd been off coffee for about 20 years. So I started doing that again. And then when I started doing that again, I uh, I was drinking six, seven cups a day, you know. So... There's something about caffeine that I really have a problem with. So, um, so I, I stopped drinking coffee again. And now what I'm drinking is I'm drinking black tea, you know, which I, I should probably be drinking green tea, but black tea is the most powerful. So that's where I'm going, you know. So, so right now, but that hasn't really been a problem. It seems to be a little bit more gentler on me than coffee or Diet Cokes. So, uh, yeah. How do you deal with cravings? And, and you know, when, when, when your mind is telling you, eat that, and you know it's bad for you, but it's, it's, it's in your mind and great, and you want to go and buy it and eat it, how, 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 how do you avoid not eating that? Um, how do I avoid eating food that I'm tempted to? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, in the beginning, it was really, really difficult, you know. Um, and and the only way that I can kind of relate to it, and, and there, there, I know that there's some alcoholics in here, and there's some that aren't, but, uh, but I'll, I'll describe it the way alcohol is for me. Like when I was first sober, you know, I was like tempted all the time to drink. And I've been sober a little over 27 years now, and I, I don't even think about it now, you know. And... Um, and food is kind of the same way, you know, like when I first got abstinence, I, I, I was like tempted all the time, you know, and sometimes I would I would give in, you know, and then I would get back on the path again, you know. And then what 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 happened is over time by trying to maintain a food plan and, and having a spiritual awakening, which I think really is the key to it, you know, uh, I, I'm not really drawn now. You know, I mean, I know that um, I'm trying to think, you know, like uh, like like the almonds thing, you know, like sometimes I'm called to that. But, you know, I, I, I know and I'll, I'll thank you. I, you know, I've committed to my sponsor that I'm, I'm not going to eat those things. So, you know, and I know that I have to check in with him every day. So that's kind of like a motivating factor for me uh, uh you know, of committing food and sticking to that, you know, but but also being honest about that if I'm not, you know, if I'm not sticking to it. But I, I really feel that the the, the um, any kind of temptation or obsessions that I've had in my life, the key to not having those obsessions is a conscious contact with a power greater than myself. And then the only way that I know how to get that is by going through the steps. You're welcome.